Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hard Nine Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we greatly appreciate you. Today is February 20th, 2023. Happy Lundy Gras for those of you celebrating uh, the festivities today. Uh, but since we are a baseball podcast, we are 38 days away from Cardinals opening day and only five days away from Cardinals baseball as the Cardinals take on the Nationals on Saturday. And I want to know why you hate Miles Michaelis. I don't hate Miles Michaelis. Why? Because you had a chance on the 39th, on 39 days away to post him and you chose to go a different route. I mean, if we're okay, let, okay, I understand that. But if we're going to be honest here, I'm going to take the Matt Hungarian every single time over Miles Michaelis. Nope, not me. <laughs> Evidently. Evidently. So Al, we apologize, buddy. Uh, we that was the only player Chris Rock could name when he came to a Cardinal game last year was surprisingly Al Roboski. I don't know how that was. Chris Rock? Yeah. They All interviewed right. him and he was he was like, my favorite player was Al Roboski. I don't think, I think he just heard the name somewhere. I, there's no maybe. way. Maybe. There's no maybe. way that he, Chris Rock growing up during a time where Ozzie Smith and William McGee were running wild and he gravitated towards the mad Hungarian. There's no way. <laughs> there's uh, no way. Today is it is Todd Worrell Day. Todd Worrell Days till opening day. Uh, yeah, but spring training starting today. Tyler O'Neill's getting the reps in center field today. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that kind of goes in with the conversation we're having today, doesn't it? It does seem to fit. See what we I was trying to do there. I was trying to throw you a <laughs> well, throw you the lob ball for after last night's um, NBA All Star game where they almost scored two hundred points. That was my old alley oop to you. The NBA. Well, I don't want to get into the NBA All Star game anyway. Um. Yeah, I hate Tyler O'Neill playing center field personally. Like I put Lars Newpar out there. Um, I don't want him to get any extra stress on his legs. That's yeah. where I'm at with that. Yeah, it's an it's an we talked about it last time. Like it, it was an yeah. intriguing thing last year when he comes back from a leg injury to put him in center field and have him stealing bases. But again, that is his skill set. So you can't just limit the guy, otherwise you are really just limiting what well, he you can, can do. limit him to left field. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Unless there's another plan there that we just do not know about. But yeah, but uh, how like is this? Said, in... Go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, um, I didn't really have anything. We are doing this profile is on Dylan Carlson. Okay, so how does? It seems, I don't. First of all, maybe... can we stop? I love your third grade thesis statements. Let me let me say what I'm gonna say. Like there could have been a creative lead in. Can you for shut Dylan up, Carlson? And can instead, it's like there's no lead in. You were never that kid that said. My essay is a, today. I'm going to talk about. That's what. No, that's I'm who saying. You are when you there, do well, there's no lead. There's no lead in when it's on the fucking title. The lead in is clicking on the title. Anyway, Dylan Dylan Carlson, I could be completely off on this. You know, last year he was one of the most marketed players outside of Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, and probably Wayno and Pools. But in terms of the young outfielders, he was the guy. Like they were marketing him even more so, I think, than Tyler O'Neill. Who was coming off an MVP caliber season? I I've seen nothing about Dylan Carlson. I think it's almost seems like they're phasing him out, and I could be wrong, but that's the gut feeling I'm starting to get is that they're starting to move on from Dylan Carlson, and I don't like it. At 23 years old, uh, that seems weird to me. I mean, you talk about a first round pick. 24. Was he a top 10 prospect in MLB for a while? Or he was around I mean, 15. I know he, 15. I know he's a card. He's also he's 24. He's not 24. Um. Yeah, it's I, I I maybe there's a reason to it. Maybe they thought the pressure was too much. So maybe not saying anything is saying what just what you need to say. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't had, like the idea. I hate when people say 
can't handle the pressure. Dude, these guys are professional athletes. Like, let's just stop. They got there by handling the pressure every single day. So I don't yeah. know that answer. And maybe it's just one of those things where they wanted to lift Jordan Walker up and Lars Newbar up and, and just let Dylan come in and be Dylan Carlson. Hold on let a him second. get back to doing what he can do. If you had if you had to just guess right now where the pecking order of preference in the outfield is, wouldn't you list Dylan Carlson fourth from the Cardinals' perspective? No, I'd still put him I mean, you would. You would. No, you would. Because you would put Lars Dubar ahead of him. There's no question about that. You'd Lars put Jordan Tyler Walker ahead of him. him. You'd put Jordan Walker ahead of him. There's no question about that. And you would put Tyler O'Neill ahead of him because you know because you know what he can do. Jordan Walker is ahead of Dylan Carlson on the pecking order in the Cardinals' mind. There's no question about that. So you think it's his spot to lose. And we talked about this last time. And obviously, we're going to get to Jordan um, next next podcast. Spoiler alert. But uh, I, I, think, I don't know, man. I, I don't know that answer because I, I think Jordan right. Walker, it has been very quiet on the Dylan yeah, Carlson front. I think Jordan Walker is going to be playing outfield when he's up, which we'll talk about, like you said. He's not, not going to bring up a 20-year-old prospect to DH. So I think he's going to be up and playing outfield. And from everything I've heard, Tyler O'Neill and Lars Dupar basically have spots. Yeah, I, There's one guy they haven't been talking about. Which is odd to me if that is the case, why they didn't seek actively to trade him. And maybe they did. But there were rumors they tried accounts, to trade him to Oakland. Not look, they were not looking. That's not true. They tried to trade him to Oakland. They tried to well, trade him well, to Oakland for Sean Murphy. That's true. That is true. You're right. I forgot about that. They wouldn't trade Walker or Newpar. They tried to trade Dylan Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't tell you where they stand on him. I'm not sure what does. Yeah, what you said, he's only, like you said, 24. Two, like, obviously, last year, the thumb injury played a massive, had a massive impact on the last half of his season. But if you look, he was still a league, league average hitter. But the year before, way above league average as a 22-year-old. Um, we know that the talent is there. We know that he can play an elite center field. That's why they trade Harrison Bader, because of Dylan Carlson. I mean, let, let's not forget that. And that's only, what, eight months ago? No, that's, I'm bad at math. But you know where I'm, yeah, yeah, no, that's probably right, eight months ago. So the, they can't – I don't see how he could have faltered Six. that much after coming back from a thumb injury. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm not saying I agree with it. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Like, this is just perception. Um, maybe there was an asserted effort to not, you know, put as much pressure on him. I don't know. Or maybe they just don't have as much to say about Carlson because they, maybe they think they know who he is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still like Dylan Carlson. I think a lot of it is prospect fatigue. Um, you have a guy that was, yeah. you know, coming up and they said, well, um, you're going to have to pry him from my cold, dead hands, is what Mo said, to trade him. And, like, that's a stupid thing to say anyway. Hopefully he learned his lesson from that. But he said that about him. He comes up 2020. He's okay. Um, 2021, he was really good, I thought. Especially in the second half, he was great. He's and then last year, he just wasn't very half. good. But there's reasons for that, we think, injury-wise. But it just does seem like he – He's the one, like, I've heard a lot about O'Neal. I've heard a lot about Walker. I've heard a lot about Newbar, a lot about Newbar. Um, Carlson, I haven't really, there's been nothing said about him. I don't know what he was even up to this offseason. Like, we know that Tyler O'Neill is working on flexibility. We know that Jordan Walker is just a phenom that they love. And we know that Lars Newbar was working in the lab trying to get his exit below up even more. What was Dylan Carlson doing? We have heard nothing about him. Yeah, that, that is a really, really good point, and one that I hadn't thought of, and I think it's because I heard about so many other people so often that you sort of forget about him. But I, I just, again, he's 24. He's not, we know that the skill set is there. I, I don't know if the power is ever going to be there for Dylan Carlson at the big leagues. He had 18 so maybe it is. as a rookie. I know Jim Edmonds has talked about how he thinks it can be, how, you know, how he can be a, a home run guy in the future. 
I, I don't know if it's there again. You have said this before, and he needs to add muscle. He needs to put on some muscle. Like he needs to hit the ball harder. Yeah, that's yes. Like I don't even care if he looks big. He hit the ball harder, and more of it's his swing. You see, I'm not. I'm not a professional, okay, at all, and I'm not even close to the level of his dad, who's a, a very acclaimed high school coach in um, Southern California. But what I will say is, there are a lot of times where you're watching Dylan Carlson, and you're like, "Why the hell is he swinging like he like he's playing blitz ball? Like he'll swing with one hand." Right. It's like I don't I don't know what it is. I think it's approach more than anything. Maybe it's mental. I don't know. Um, I still have a lot of belief in Dylan Carlson, mainly because we saw his worst last year. Still a well above average big leaguer. Still an average hitter and a plus outfielder with one of the best arms in the system. Like if that's your nine hitter or your eight hitter with Tommy Edmond, and that's his floor. We believe is to have be average offensively and well above average defensively. That's a valuable baseball player. That's Harrison Bader. Absolutely. Dater. That's Absolutely amazing, right. Um, I I don't I don't think that they're I don't think that at this point now they're ready to move on from Dylan Carlson by any stretch. Maybe they feel as an organization he needs to be pushed to have a little more um, competition. Like that does drive guys sometimes. And you know when you trade Bader and move him to center, sometimes maybe guys get complacent. I'm not saying Dylan Carlson. That's not me saying that. I am saying that sometimes. I think the 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 competition. I mean, the cream rises to the top. That's yeah, what you guys I mean, see. And especially like, and there's nothing I'm, I could be completely wrong. And maybe they just, I just wish they would come out and talk about it. Like, not that they owe me anything, but I want to know what he's up to. I want to know if you told him to do certain things in the offseason and if he's accomplished those things. We know Nolan Gorman did what they asked because they've come out yeah. and said that about him. We don't know what they wanted Carlson to work on. We don't know if he worked on it. All we really know is that he was hampered by injuries when he was really struggling last year. That's all we really know. But does that take in, but does that really the reason that he has a career sub 700 OPS against right-handed pitching because he was injured for half a season? Right. What is he doing to address that? Because he cannot be an everyday player if you are worse against the side that you're going to be facing 80% the of the majority. time. Right. No, that's but a good can't. point. Well, yeah, you're, that's a really, really good point. And like I said, maybe this is all by design. I mean, we do know that the Cardinals keep some things close to the vest. And it does anger fans, and it does make them angry. Close to the vest. It does, yeah. Well, they don't, but they do keep a lot of things close to the vest, and it could be one of those things where not talking about Dylan Carlson is a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have reasons for it. They're very calculated, obviously. I still, I'm just going to go off of my opinion because I don't know what they think. I can't get in their heads. I think Dylan Carlson could still be uh, a eight, fifteen to twenty percent above league average hitter. Um, I don't think that's his ceiling, but I think that's a realistic expectation for him while playing well above average defense in center field. I'm not going to say gold glove because he's not Michael Harris, but he's very, very good. Um, and just pre- and being a good base runner and playing well, like he he's a guy that plays well with like, I don't know, very fundamentally sound. That's what I want to say. He's a very fundamentally sound baseball player. Um, he's just got to get better from the left side or it's, you know, like you can't, he's going to be a platoon bat. Right, like you can't. Well, and at that point, you, he almost has more value on the trade market. You brought this up last time about the possible platoon situation of Ian Lars, which maybe that is something that they're looking at. Um, and maybe it's not Dylan in center field. I, I again, we don't know. That's the problem. I do believe that they. I don't believe that they're giving up on Dylan Carlson. I don't believe that by any stretch of the. I don't. But as I say that, we've seen it with Grichik. We've seen it with Piscotti. We've seen it with the Rosarina. We've seen it with Tommy Fam. We've seen it with Adolis Garcia. Garcia. I mean, the list does go on. 
that they it seems like they move on from guys very quickly if there's something they don't like at all. I'm not saying other organizations don't do that, but we pay attention to the Cardinals here. So it yeah. does feel like there is a now everybody will say the Piscotti deal was different. And I do understand it was that. like it was different for sure. It didn't have to be done, but it was different. And it is fair to say, it, though, but, most of the guys you just named didn't have the prospect pedigree of Dylan Carlson. I don't where I well, Gritchick, none of them did. I mean, no, Gritchick not even. He wasn't, top 20 pros, he wasn't a top 20 prospect. No, but he was drafted no. back to he was drafted back to back by the Angels with Trout. That's not this. I'm going to be honest. Like you can say what you want about Gritchick. He's had a pretty good professional career. He's a good player. Yeah. Yes. Obviously. But yeah. that's not. But, but he, he was never giving. Had, he was never given full time opportunity. He was Tommy never. He, he was. He was never prying from my cold dead hands. That was no, never that Randall Gritchick. That is true. Like that so, is. I. I don't know, but I. I'm just saying, like, if I were to think about it, and I were to say these are the guys that they really, really seem to be committing to. Tyler O'Neill's in a hitting group with Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, and Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. That, That's not by accident. No, um, no. Large can, I, hold on, can I add to that? Yeah. Can I just ahead. add to that? Obviously, coach at the high school level, not at the major league level, not at the minor league level, not even at the college level. However, you put guys in hitting groups when for a reason. Sometimes it's positional. That's that's obviously that's not, not positional. positional. That's a right, catcher, right. two corner. But it is for a reason. Outfield. And some could argue, well, the reason is maybe they want him to, to learn with it. Okay, great. Like, if that is the reason, fantastic. What better group to be in than Nolan, Goldie, and Wilson? But if you if that's your argument, then you're going to spread those guys out and put the young guys with them. That's also, not what they did. I also tend to look at it like that's who they think might be in the middle of their order. That's what Bingo. I think it that's is. Where I was, that's um, where I was going with that. And then you go Lars Newpar, Like, we know every – I mean, I, he's, like, been a superstar of the offseason, right? He's the guy that everyone's talking about. He looks great. He's going to play for Team Japan. I mean, he's kind of becoming a superstar in terms of the media in St. Louis. Um, not nationally, but whatever. Um, and then Jordan Walker is the guy that I mean, I don't know if I've seen a press conference with Ollie or Mo or DeWitt or whoever where he wasn't brought up 10 times. Right. So if I'm just looking at it and saying who's the guy I'm not hearing about, it's Dylan Carlson. And that makes me sad to an extent because I still believe Dylan Carlson is going to be a really good player in this league, but he's got I think it's make or break for him this year. He's got to do it. You got yeah, do it. It's so funny that you say that, but we're saying, I mean, I think it's him and O'Neill both. I think those it these is, are yeah. big, well, done massive it. years for those two guys. It is. It is for both of them. But I think, I mean, we've seen Tyler O'Neill when he was healthy last year after came back from his first injury, he was 25% above league average. Right. Okay. And he was an MVP candidate the year before he has done it. He's, he's been the superstar. Dylan Carlson doesn't need to be a superstar, yeah. but he's no, got to he be not. better than a two win player. That's not good enough. Not you with all these think- prospects coming up. And I'm not trying to insult anyone by saying this, okay? Because I guess I am in the end an average fan too. But do you believe the average fan hears Dylan Carlson first round pick and expects elite superstar? Not first round pick because I don't think anyone's expecting Michael McGreevy to be that. But I do think they hear prying from my cold dead hands from Mo, and then you do expect it. Okay, and that's, I, in, I that's, on, that's on the front office. Like that's on I the front office for that, giving him that expectation. I often believe that a lot of people don't understand the difference between a first round pick in MLB versus a first round pick in the NBA and the NFL. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, even in the NFL, NBA, it's like top 10, right but then to after the that, it's not even superstars. NFL, you're going right to the league in the first yeah. round. And you're going to most, usually you're going to be an impact player on that team. In major league, you're going to take three to four. I mean, for Dylan, it was two, two to three years to develop 
to even get to the and I just always wonder if people hear that and I don't know the answer I don't think so though because I don't think okay I think it's the hype around him as a prospect more than when he's where he's drafted I mean when you're the number one prospect in the organization that's a fair point like Nolan Gorman and and Jordan Walker same way and Mason Winwood he's he's gonna be the number one prospect after Walker's lost his prospect pedigree and then he's gonna get the same hype so no I think it's more that Mosaic kind of came out and said he wasn't that he wasn't gonna trade him and that he was his next okay. rising star. And then like that's what people listen to. So I think I'm I hope he starts to relax on that and calling and giving so much pressure to our prospects. Cause let's be honest, if Dylan Carlson is a 20 is an average his average in his career is what he did in 2021 for the rest of his career, that's a great career. That's Agreed. like a, an amazing career. It doesn't happen. I, I think I also think that there is something to be said because it is still so loud on Twitter, no matter how many times you tell them uh, you're wrong, is that people still believe that we did not trade Dylan Carlson for Soto, like for Juan Soto. Guys, I, I don't know how else to break it down to you. That's not what happened. Uh, yes, they did go to Carlson and Gorman and say, we're not dealing you. That's because uh, the Padres, are, I mean, the Nationals also wanted the likes of fill in the blanks with Walker, Wynn, and et cetera, right? So it was not, the, the deal was not done. Juan Soto is not a Cardinal, not, not a Cardinal, not either way. You know what I'm going to, because of Dylan Carlson, that did not hold up the trade. I don't know how else to tell people this. So I feel like people now have put an added pressure on Dylan Carlson because they don't understand or don't even take the time to understand what happened. So now they think, oh, Dylan Carlson's our our Juan Soto. No, that's not even close to what happened. And do you think a guy like Dylan hears that? Do you think athletes hear that kind of stuff? I, they have to. Yeah, right? I mean, so, so, some do, but some don't get on. If you don't get on social media, no, you don't hear it. You still have I don't to know. hear it, don't you? Not really. Like, not if you're on social media, how are you going to hear okay. it? Okay. All right. I think it's Dylan's not on, on MLB Twitter. Network. And Instagram. I mean, he has a Twitter, but that means he's on. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's fair. I, I think, yeah, I mean, well, first off, Juan Soto, you're never going to have a Juan Soto because guess what? There's been one Juan Soto in the history of baseball. <laughs> like, not even kidding. He's the highest <laughs> on base percentage ever through the age 20, to, up to the age 24. He's yeah. just one. There's been one of them. So one of one. Stop with that. Um, yeah. Dylan, I, my perspective on that whole thing was that they didn't trade him. They went up to Dylan and Nolan because they're like, we're not getting this thing done. So we're going to tell them to keep Bingo. him comfortable. Like, that's what I took from yep. him. Um, Which, by the way, as an organization, do, great thing to do. Yeah. You don't even have to speculate on what they wanted. No. Go look at what the um, Padres gave up and then look and say, oh, where's our McKenzie Gore? And say, oh, we don't have one. So that means we would have had to get way more position players. Or right. we just didn't have enough to even give up. Like, it's one yeah. of the two. C.J. Like, Abrams, right? That was another one. Yeah, but he's not that good. And, well, then we saw the young outfielder play. You and I saw him for in person in Peoria. And, that and kid's not, a stud. Not to mention a guy to look out for, James Woods, is the biggest prospect yep. they gave up. Right. That guy's going to be Jordan Walker-level prospect yeah, right. in the next year. And yep. so, no, no. like that. I don't. Even, we didn't get Juan Soto. I love Juan Soto. Oh, well, you know, it's whatever. But imagine how they would have reacted if Juan Soto would have played the way he did in San Diego when he came over here if we traded all those guys. I just, those fans I always, would have been fuming. I just always wonder, you know, and and, and again, I'm, I'm hypothesizing, I guess, here. Um, we saw Gorman, and, and obviously Carlson had the injury, but we saw them struggle after the trade deadline. And I just always wonder, like, I've never obviously been in this situation, and I know that it's part of the business. I get that. But you're both number one first-round draft picks, both number one prospects in the organization, and then you start hearing your name in these trade talks. I don't know as a human how that doesn't affect you. Like, and I'm not saying that's why they struggled. I'm not saying – I'm not. That's 
But I am saying that you have to hear the noise and it does have to weigh on. It just has to. I don't care. Everybody else is going to, most guys say the right thing because they're smart and they know how to handle Especially those two. Those two are as professional as you Very well-spoken humans. Yes. But I, it just has to weigh on you. Like you don't know where you're going to go. Hey, they, all I've heard is how they loved me. Cry me from your cold. You're going to have to cry me from your cold, dead hands. Now, all of a sudden I'm in every trade deal imaginable. And, you know, I, I just wonder, I always wonder that with athletes. And I don't know that you can ever get a straight answer from an athlete till after they're done playing probably. But I do always wonder if that does weigh on you. I mean, we saw we saw the arbitration stuff weigh on Tyler at the yeah. beginning of last year. Well, they're humans. So, like we just gotta remember what that I'm they're saying, human beings. Which but, we, which a lot of people, by the way, do seem to forget. Yeah, they're human beings. Like they're gonna react like humans would. Like, what would you do if so if your job was saying, Oh, I might trade you to a different job? In a God, different, I wish they would have in a different city, like well, oh, you're gonna might have to move your whole family. Like right. that's yeah. not an easy yep. thing to to get. No. I mean, you have relationships you build. It's a human yep. thing. But also on top of that, I don't I don't know. I think Moselle going to them and saying, hey, we're not trading you probably helped them a lot, at least in the immediate, maybe not in the long term. I don't know. But also when you're a top prospect, a number one overall prospect, anytime a star becomes available around the league, your name is getting brought up. It's yeah. just going to happen. Like, so they probably get used to it. Like Jordan Walker, for example, he was never going to get traded. I never really thought he was going to get traded. Um, his name was brought up. It didn't seem to have affected him, but people react differently. I do believe though, if you're a number one prospect or a top 30 prospect in all of baseball, like those two were, um, I think you probably learned to tune it out a little bit. I would assume because it happens so much. Yeah, I guess, I guess, but we do forget. And I think this goes back to the baseball versus football and basketball thing. Basketball may be a little bit different, but these guys didn't experience three years of college ball or even two years yeah. of junior college ball. Like they went straight from high schools to being professional athletes. And Jordan Walker didn't experience a senior year. Of high right. Like, I mean, what a hey, hey. What a freak uh, but like I said, huh? I mean, I hate to take away from what we're talking about with Dylan, but I think you're right in the fact that there's not a, as much to say about him as there might be with the other three, simply because we don't know anything. Like we don't know. Did he go and, and add 20 pounds of muscle? I haven't even seen honestly, I've seen him. Me, okay, does he look like he's at it? Does he look bigger? I can't tell. He's always been a skinny yeah. guy. Um, six, he, one, looks good. Six, two. he looks like he's in good shape. I saw him take batting practice day. He looked pretty good. But his batting practice, they should all look good, right? They're major leaguers. So <laughs> they should. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna wait till I see him in spring. I here's the thing I will say because I know we started off with I don't I think the organization could be phasing him out. Maybe that's not true. I'm not saying I know that for a fact, so please don't take no. it as I do. But I am saying that the, I, if I were ranking them in my head, I would think he might be fourth on the pecking order. And I could be wrong, but I don't think he should be fourth on the pecking order because I think he has the safest floor. I think his floor is what we saw in 2022, which is still a productive big leaguer that helps you every single day in some way or another. Um, and that's a valuable player. I, here's the thing that bothers me. Look at the Houston center fielder and their nine hitter. It's Chaz McCormick. No offense to right. Chaz McCormick. He, did, he had some huge moments in the playoffs. He had a really good postseason. He's not He's not a superstar. If Dylan Carlson is your center fielder, even just doing what he did in 2022, which I don't think he will because I think he'll be much better than that, he's still a valuable player on your team. But especially when you know that he can do what he did in 2021. And I think we all believe he can be better than he was in 2021. Like he was a 788 OPS guy in 2021. That's what Lars Newpar did last year. Like I believe Dylan yeah. Carlson could do that again. I think he can get better than that. So I hope he gets a fair shake. I hope if, I hope Jordan Walker, whenever he goes north with the big club, doesn't completely just phase Dylan Carlson out. I hope he continues to get chances. 
because I think he's earned them, to be quite honest. And I don't think one bad year should deter them from continuing to see what they have in a 24-year-old switch-hitting outfielder that was a stud his rookie year. Agreed. Agreed 100%. And I, like I said, I'm excited to see the competition. That's really what I cannot wait for, is the competition between these four guys for three spots in the outfield. And like I, we've talked about, Dirk, Dylan and Walker are going to get tons of opportunities because Tyler's going to be with Canada and Lars is going to be with, with um, Japan. And, and I know that you said Canada, not that great. They were ranked. They like, they had him finish ninth. Not great. I understand that, but he's going to play a lot of games there in Canada. Lars, they could be in it for the long haul with, they could win it. So, so there is no doubt that we're going to see a lot of Alec Burleson. I think we're going to see a lot of Jordan Walker, Dylan Carlson. And I think we're going to get a lot of Moises Gomez in this. And Juan Yepes. Because, and you think in the outfield, you'll see a lot of Yepes in the outfield? Who's in the outfield today. Okay. That's good to know. That's really good to know. See, look at that. That's why we bring you this, this news. Cause Caleb's got on it. Um, I am deep, dude. I am knee deep in Mardi Gras season. I have now learned that tomorrow is Mardi Gras, which is simply a day that happens during Mardi Gras weekend which is simply a weekend that happens during Mardi Gras week down here, which is just a week that happens during Mardi Gras month, which happens to be just a month in Mardi Gras season. This is, I'm good. I'm not, I'm going to do this every year or you're going to get cirrhosis of the liver. Do we have been, we have been, and unfortunately last night, not a good night, a little bit away from us. There was a shooting on the parade route. Um, not by anywhere by where we were down in one of the rougher areas where they go through, but so that cannot happen. That can't happen. Um, but it, it has been quite, we've been at so many parades. We're going back tonight. I think we're going out tonight. Uh, tomorrow's Zulu's the big parade. That's the, the big Indian parade down here. There are Indians. They dress up as the Zulu Indians. That's like the epic one. Uh, pretty excited to see that. We have seen some really cool shit, dude. It's pretty awesome. I'm excited for you to come down next year and you get to see a little bit of it, but new Orleans is literally unlike any other place in the world. That's what I'll say. It is definitely unique. Um, I'll definitely give it that. It definitely is a unique. Um, is Zulu African? Uh, I believe. Yeah, that's a great question. But I if believe it's African, so. how is it Indian? They 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 put these massive Indian costumes on, and it's it's like like, like uh, from India. No, well, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. I need to do more research on that. Um, yeah, and, but it is like obviously a massive tradition within that community down here. Oh, okay. I just didn't know. Yeah. Um, I need to do more research on that. Like I said, I'm where did we go? How go. did we get here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I got here because how I'm in this we, Mardi Gras. See, we're like Mosaic. We just don't talk about Dylan Carlson. We just get away from it. Um, before we transition, before we transition on uh, to what we, I'd like to get to uh, before we get out of here. Um, thank you again for watching. While you're watching, if you don't mind hitting the subscribe, subscribe button, we greatly appreciate that. And I think next to the subscribe button, is the notification button. If you ever want to know when Caleb it's releases these, you, you'll get, it's a little ding, ding. You'll get an update. Uh, that's really quite, I haven't set for a few of the podcasts that I watch. Uh, and there you go. What are you laughing about? Nothing. Um, you said ding, ding. Um, ding anyway. Ding. Well, that's what it does. Uh, below here, you'll see our Twitter handles. Uh, you see our nice little shout there out. Also to links again. in the links in the description for all those things as well. And shout out to our, our uh, logo from Drake, former student of mine, did a great job with our new logo. We love it. Uh, and also, also, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, we've gotten a lot of subscribers it. lately. We've gained like 30 in the last yeah. two days, which is pretty cool. So thank um, you for that. Shout out but to also, St. Louis Game Day, Nate. Sorry, no, go ahead, Demeter. Uh, sorry. Nate, you can go ahead. What I was going to say was no, that. you finished. 
No, because yours made sense of what we were talking about. Mine was going to be segueing out of what we were talking about. Saint, shout out to St. Louis Game Day Nation. And there was another one on Facebook for sharing our posts lately, our countdown that we've been doing. That's really, that's helped us uh, get some more exposure on Facebook too. So you guys are awesome. The tell a friend thing works. We did steal that, but I'm going to continue it. Like keep telling a friend, we appreciate you. Now, before we get to, no, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I wanted to, um, final thoughts for Dylan Carlson before you move on. Oh yeah, okay, um, there you go. What we'll do? We did this with Tyler and Lars, so I feel like we should do it again. Expectations. Um, what are your expectations for him, and what do you think is realistic for him? And also, I'll add another wrinkle to this because of what we've talked about today. What do you think he needs to do to continue playing every day? Those are my. Well, I think things. you hit it right on the head, and I don't think it goes any further than being able to hit right-handed pitching can, can, uh, can consistently. That's what I. Th- I think that's it. I really, honestly do, and I. You, you have mentioned this many times before, so I will give you credit. Where, so you don't have to say it yourself to hurt yourself, patting yourself on the back. But I will tell you that you have said this a lot. He does have to drive the ball the other way a little bit more often from the left side. Um, and I think he has to hit the ball harder as an as a overall thing. Maybe the shift helps him, but you're right. Like, he does need more power, and I think he has to hit from the left side more consistently. Yeah, and, he is so, and the thing that's so impressive about him um, cause I really, I, I think he's a, a really good baseball player. Like I really do. Um, but what's so impressive to me about him is he put up those numbers in 2021 and he was, he, I mean, his stack cast metrics, some people don't care about them. Some people do. He was hitting the ball with a wet noodle. Like and he was still putting right. up almost 800 OPSs. If he just adds a little bit of a spike in that exit below, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's batting, I mean, in the 820 to 830 area, probably, which is an elite baseball player. Um, he was in driveline, so I saw that. I think I think he might have a puck knob now. I think the whole Cardinal team does after what they saw That's Nolan and Goldie do last yeah. year. But which is yeah. good. So hopefully he's getting on that right track. Um, he's just got to hit the ball harder for me at times. Like yeah. there are times where he just like it's he's infuriating sometimes because they're just like swing one handed and kind of give away at bats. And it's just what it appears. It's not what it is because it's kind of it almost looks lazy. It's not, but it's just an approach thing. I think with him. So he's got to refine that. But when he's going well, man, he's hitting the ball in the gap. He's pulling homers. Um, there was a stretch last year around um, Toronto, I think. Yeah. Um, when Goldie and Nolan weren't there, he was destroying the ball. I mean, he, he had like a month and a half stretch where he had an 850 OPS for a while last year. Um, so I just I want to see it more consistently throughout the entire year. He can't be so streaky. He's got to be able to hit right-handed pitching. Um and just continue playing great defense. Because if he's playing great defense and he's just slightly above league average offensively, that's a three to four win guy if he's playing 140 games. And that's a very valuable guy to have on your team, especially when you have all these big boppers we've been talking about. Well, he doesn't really need to be that big bopper. You know, he doesn't need to be yeah. that guy. He can be a great complimentary piece for this team. I agree. But he can also, be, he can also be more than that as well. Like yeah. He can be more than that. He has the potential to. I be. mean, I think we came into – the the player profiles talking about Dylan Carlson hitting seventh or eighth for this team, like on a consistent basis. And now as we start to see like how the Cardinals maybe really do view Jordan Walker. And and we don't know that we still, that's got to play out over the next. Yeah. It's got, two he's got to, we don't know that. He's definitely got to Right. But we, over the next month, I guess we'll, we'll really find something out here as we go there. But I agree with you. I mean, coming in, I was, I'm hoping 15 to 20 homers from Dylan Carlson 
and a 15 to 25 percent above league average hitter. That that's I don't what even I'm know if with. I care about the home runs as much. Just give me the doubles. Give me the doubles. I mean, he's yeah. still a, he's a doubles guy, man. Like he on a down ULSU, like we've said, he still hit 30 doubles. Right. In 128 games. Like if he's hitting, like I think he can be much better than that. I think he could be a 40 double guy in 140 games. Um, hit me 10 to 15 home runs and play great defense. That's a that's a good that's better than Harrison Bader ever was here. Well, it's so funny too because then it's the last thing I'll say. Uh, I do think, and this probably happens on every fan base, we just focus on the Cardinal one, but the fans think that they have to have an all-star at every freaking position. You hit on it earlier with Chaz McCormick in Houston. We saw Maldonado in Houston. That's well, not a, that's not an all-star. World Series champion that, that's a, every day. That's a uh, offensive abyss is Maldonado a lot of times. But what he oh, brings yeah. to your team – Right. What he brings to your team is so valuable. And it feels like so Yadi many people in 2000, forget. 2006. Well, Yadi couldn't uh, worse, 2006. Yeah, well, that's where Royce Clayton was playing most of those games. That's what made Ozzy retire. But yes, down the end of, I mean, we've seen it with a lot of guys. Hey, if he's playing elite defense in the outfield and he's putting up those kind of numbers, that is a massive weapon on your team. That's what I'll say. Yadi played 130 games in 2006. I'm sorry. I thought you said Ozzy, and I was thinking 96. Good no, Lord. I said Yachty. Yachty in 2006 had a 595 OPS and won a World Series. Yeah, right. Like, yep. there are players, there's value to be had, and not everyone's going to be Nolan Arenado. Those guys are very rare. That's why he's getting paid $35 million a season, okay? So, yep. like, look at that catch, Chaz McCormick. Like, I know we keep uh, – he's kind of – this is kind of a weird thing. But he he is not an all-star by any means. Like, maybe he will be eventually. He's not now. He made maybe the biggest play of the World Series for that team. Like, that catch he right. made on JT Real Muto was incredible. You could have guys that play different roles on a team. I think Dylan Carlson's role can be a great defensive center fielder that is also a well-above-average hitter. Um, like, I, I, don't, I don't get the need. I get we're always looking for the best thing at every position because that's just what fans do. You know, you want to have an all-star at all nine positions. The reality is you're not going to because no team does. You're not the 1930 Yankees. Um, right. I think he's going to be really good. I just hope that they aren't eager to move on from him. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I hope they're not looking for him to slide in the beginning of the year to, if Jordan Walker's not up at that time to just bring Jordan Walker up and then Dylan Carlson's never seen from again. Like, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think it will, but I really hope it doesn't. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. Um, All right. Moving on. Let's move on from Dylan Carlson. Uh, I think we'd be remiss not to give a massive shout out and an RIP to Tim McCarver. Obviously, Cardinal legend who we lost over the last week. Um, I think I think a lot of people I think a lot of people remember him with his final stint with the Cardinals, where people would get very annoyed with some of the things that he would say. And he just kind of was on these tangents. But I think for me, he was the voice of the game of the week in the 80s with Vince Scully and Joe Garagiola. Like I when I was growing up watching the D this was pre-cable, the game of the week on Saturdays. Tim McCarver was the voice. Then in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2000s, early 10s, he was every every big game on Fox was he and Joe Joe Buck. Yeah. Like that was that was Tim McCarver. David Freeze. And the then you're talking, game. you're talking about yeah, you're talking about right. You're talking about a, a, a base or a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Uh, he's in the Irish Hall of Fame, which is very fucking cool. He also he's in the baseball is, Hall of Fame. Uh, no, should be. He is an announcer, I believe. I checked. I could not find that. I could not clarify that. Let me. Let me. Because let me I was shocked. Me. I thought he was too, but I did not see him in the in the. Yeah. In, he's in the sports okay. broad. Okay, well, maybe not. Maybe he's in the sports broadcasting hall of fame. 
Yeah, he is not in the National Baseball he'll, Hall of Fame. He should be. He'll get in. He'll get in. And it's a shame that it's going to be be after posthum posthumously. How they say that? That's a shame. But also, like we forget, dude won two World Series here in St. Louis. He was a two-time All Star. Hit a massive home run in the '66 World Series in Game Game Six. Maybe I don't remember. I could be wrong. It was that. Bob Gibson's bad? We lost the most of his career, right? Yes, and very, very good friends with Bob Gibson. I mean, he. I think he played 21 years in the major leagues. Like, but what he has given baseball through his life, what he gave me as a kid, what he gave me as a college kid and a young adult. Uh, thank you for everything to Tim McCarver. Incredible storyteller. Like, not I'm not going to put him at Bob Euchre or Vince Scully level, but maybe right there, right there. Um, he was a great storyteller, and he had the mind, man. He remembered them all. Like, oh, yeah. I, I always loved listening to Tim McCarver as a kid and, and as, always, as a young adult. I always loved – I never understood the hate for Tim McCarver um, because I always thought that his tangents were, one, fucking hilarious. All of them were fucking, they were funny because he said whatever he wanted to say. He wasn't, he did not hold back. He kind of reminds me of like a better version of Keith Hernandez. They just say what they want. They don't, yes, then he's yep. like, I'm Tim McCarver. They're not going to do anything to me. Yeah. Um, but he was awesome. He, he reminds I mean, when I think of him, I think of the World Series because it was him and yeah. Joe Buck every year when I was growing up. And especially the 2011 World Series, the one thing I remember most, um, and this is something I've always remembered was when Lance Berkman came up, because I, I watched the replays of this all the time in 2011, um, to when he tied it in game six, and he hit that single, the looping single to tie the game in the 11th, uh, or the 10th, I guess. He said, why are they back? He, all he needs is a single to tie the game. Why are they back? And then the next pitch, he just <laughs> bloops one right in front of the center fielder. He was like, I told you, why are they back? <laughs> so he was awesome, and he had a different, a different view of baseball. He knew what was going to happen almost, before it happened because he'd been around it for so long but he's absolutely and it's a catcher like catchers are yes. always the head of the game always, yeah, always. and you know he and danny mack were really good together and danny mack always did a really good tim mccarver um was good to hear from speaking of good to hear from danny mack i mean as sad as the post was oh, yeah. and i'm not going to go deep into that he was, so in, a, he was nice in an interview he sounds good yeah i saw i haven't um, got a chance to watch it yet he sounds good um just hope he's doing okay like that's all i can say about that I hope he's doing all right. I love Danny Mac. Right. He. I know um, there's some things that were not great, you know. Um, but people make mistakes. I hope. I hope he's doing okay. Um, yep, do you? I wanna... do too. I think my. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. My, my AirPods are doing something very weird right now. I apologize for that. Um, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. So as I as I take it into the next thing, um, I'm gonna let you go go into this. Talk about the Ryan Helsley arbitration. Can we start with Corbin Burns then? Sure. Because let's go in chronological order here. Um, Corbin Burns obviously lost his arbitration case. How a pitcher of Corbin Burns cal um, caliber can go into an arbitration case only asking for $10.7 million. And I know I say only, but asking for $10.7 million and lose, I will never understand because that guy is worth far more than $10.7 million. However, he was very upset, said some really – um, said that they said that he, he was the reason they didn't make the postseason. Basically, the guy that had the most starts in the National League and the most strikeouts in the National League was the reason the team that traded their all-star closer and ruined their morale didn't make the postseason. That organization keeps befuddling me with yes, incompetence. Dumpster fire. They're incompetent. They're incompetent. Um, so that's where we started with the arbitration hearing. Those interviews. I I suggest go watch it because I thought he was very eloquent and professional. With, he, it was, he was obviously very bothered, but the way he laid out everything I thought was very professional and great on Corbin Burns' part. He seems like an awesome dude. 
Um, and then we get to Ryan Helsley. He lost his arbitration case for $3 million. Um, he ended up getting 2.1, I believe. He didn't seem that upset about it, to be quite honest. He seemed like it's just, you know, I, he tried to capitalize off a great year. I don't know how he didn't win, to be honest. I wish they would have just paid him, to be honest with you, kept him happy. But he did say he still would be interested in um, pursuing a long-term deal with the Cardinals. So it doesn't seem like any love lost there. Um, I don't think they personally attacked him quite like the Brewers did with Corbin Burns. So I feel like I'm glad they didn't bring up some shit about his finger in the playoffs. It doesn't sound like they did, which thank God, because that would that's how you ruin a relationship right there. But it seems like it's just an arbitration case and he lost it. Yeah, yeah. here's what I'll say. Um, there are rules to the arbitration cases that the MOBPA agreed to. And unfortunately, what happens in those, and we've talked about them on here before, it gets personal. We saw Tyler lose his after a top eight MVP finish the next year. Like we saw that. So anyone who expected Ryan Helsley to go in and win his after like his past career with injuries and everything else, there was no way that was going to happen. Also, I think I understand the sentiment from you and a lot of Cardinals fans of just pay him. But if they do that, that changes the entire arbitration process for every single player, unless you extend them. So that's why it's not, it's ne that's never, almost never going to happen. I know, that's it's why $3 you million dollars that I understand player that. in baseball. But here's, here's the thing. There's a number. I with, get it. Like, TDL, is that what it's called? Yes, there's a number. And people don't love this, and I'm not saying I love it. I'm just letting you know, with precedent, they're not going to do that. Because then the next guy, then it's just going to get extended and extended. And now, why are but we even should. doing arbitration agreement? Shouldn't that be where it's going when you see... And I get, I get it from the standpoint of the owners aren't going to want to do that. Obviously, they're not going to want to. They more shouldn't money. do it. Like we have stop, to remember. Stop, this stop, stop! Don't say that. Business. They should. They should. Okay, the I want the players to get as much money as possible, and you they, know that. And they should do it. But when, but with arbitration, it's different than extensions, and you're going. They're going to follow the hold letter on. of the law in an arbitration. Case. Okay, but hold on. Here's my thing, and don't say they shouldn't do it. They won't okay. do it for business. They shouldn't do it from their there standpoint of business. That's, yeah, I think they should do it because one, inflation. There's that, but also. Um, the CBA, I mean, the competitive balance tax is going up. The price of relievers is going up. So that means the price in arbitration should also be going up. It should be. It, ju it just should be. Um, and I get it. You don't want to be the owner that pisses every other owner off by paying Ryzen Helsley $3 million, which means their reliever that had one great year is also going to need to make $3 million. I get why they didn't do it from their perspective. That doesn't mean I like it because I don't That's like fair. it. That's I think arbitration is a very poor, I, I, the way I view it, Player relations is worth the extra $900,000 to keep your all-star closer happy. It's worth it yeah. to me. Now, you I'm not the, the one spending the money. Did, do you think the fact that they also did maybe potentially discuss trading him in the offseason has anything to do with that? They that's There's been a lot of weird stuff about that, whether it was them that discussed it or if it was just brought up to them. By Which the is why Blue I said Jays. potentially. I don't know. Um, no, because they apparently they discussed a long-term contract. Okay, yeah. Like they've been in discussions. I, now, with Helsley on a contract. And I don't know if that means buying out the RB years or if it means maybe go. tacking on two years after the arbitration years. I could see, you know, you pay him for the two RB years and then maybe give him, I don't know, 10 a year after that for two years. I could see that. And with Ryan Helsley's talent, I do think that'd be worth it. Um, just because the upside of that deal would be tremendous. Because if he goes to the market, you know, and he's still pitching like this, he's getting uh, Edwin Diaz almost money, right? Like that's how good he is. Uh, and I don't think so because Diaz has such the, the past. Like he was so good in Seattle. He really only, he only had one but year. But he's had a couple of really bad years. Yeah, but here's what I'll say. 
Uh, you know where I stand also on pitchers. I wouldn't extend any of them very long, especially a reliever. I, two I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I know. Um, I would buy out the Arby years. I'm, I'm on board with you on that one. Yeah. But and yeah, that might be I, something I they talk about now. Yeah. But also, I wouldn't be opposed to a couple years added on to that. He's an elite arm. Like, if he is healthy, he's going to be elite. Like, he's got elite stuff. He just does. Um, and we're seeing some relievers, I think, recently – have really been able to sustain success more than more than previous. Like during the early 2000s, there weren't very many. It was Moen, it was Hoffman, and it was Billy Wagner. But other than those three, there weren't a ton of guys that were really, really good for a long time. But I think we've seen guys like Hader, guys like um, like Edwin Diaz, like who's the who's the uh, Liam Hendricks, Ryan Presley. They've been able to really find a way to extend out their career. Craig I don't Kimbrell. know what that is. Craig Kimball, right. Arolda Chapman. I know we don't like him as a person, yeah. but he still was able to do it. So I think maybe that narrative of fireball, I mean, fire throwing um, relievers, not being able to have long careers, maybe that's going away a little bit because they've been able to do it. But the elite ones seem to be able to do it for longer. And I think Helsley, if he has another year like that, he's one of the elite ones in baseball. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what was brought up in the arbitration case, too. That you do it again, now we're changing the the, the narrative. You do it again, they're probably paying you, I think. Boom. That's what that. And so that's. That's all I'm trying to say is just, we see what's happening in the NFL right now because of what the Cleveland Browns paid to Sean Watson, right? And obviously that's an extension. Danny Dimes wants 45 mil a year. Boom. Boom. What the fuck? Like, honestly, so there I. is talk in the NFL circles of like, maybe the quarterback should have their own like cap. I agree with that. I agree and then, with that actually. Then you don't punish the not team for not cap, being able to sign their, around them. Just have their salary right. not even included yeah. in the cap. Because you can't right. win without a quarterback. It's such a unique thing. That won't ever happen, I don't think. But that's but, why it's not going to be done in arbitration. It sucked for Tyler. I thought he should – I mean, I wanted him to get paid. I knew it wasn't going to happen. And I knew that, like, Ryan wasn't – it's just unfortunate. Hey, now, back to what we started with, and we'll move on. Corbin Burns is leaving Milwaukee now, right? Like, he's done there. He's not good. Here, here's, he's what dense? here's what I think. I don't think they go to arbitration with Corbin Burns if they planned on extending him. I think they already made their decision to move on. And here's why I think that Corbin Burns might make $40 million a year. He is absolutely a generational talent. I mean, he has a Mariano Rivera-esque, not, okay, he's not, it's not, maybe not to that level, cutter, and he throws it for seven innings. Like, he is absolutely incredible. He's my favorite pitcher to watch in baseball. Um, So I don't think he was ever, I've always been under the impression that if they're going to extend a pitcher, it's probably going to be Woodruff because he's going to be way more affordable. Um, I just think – I think they ruined the relationship. I would be surprised if Brendan, if Burns is a, is on the Brewers come 2024 opening day. Okay, that's – I agree. I think he's that's either going to get moved that. at this deadline or in the offseason after 2023. Well, we will tr- we'll take that transition right into the fact the baseball prospectus, who obviously hates the Cardinals, has us picked to finish second behind the Brewers – uh, with 86 wins. Now, they've done this to us forever, it seems like. I don't know who works at the baseball perspectives. I don't know who pissed them off. Can I – okay, but... can I – Can I get – I heard him talk. I actually listened to an interview with okay, him. Okay, good, good. So um, he said that they are very much aware that they don't know how to rank the Cardinals. Like, they're like – they're the only ones that defy us every year. And we don't have a measurement for Cardinal de- – he's a Cardinal devil magic as well as <laughs> okay, their, how good their defense is. Because a big thing with them is pitching. And it's like pitching runs expected or deserved. It's something like that. So yeah. it's how much, like it's taking into account strikeouts and how many times you walk people and things the pitcher can't control. But what they, they don't have a measurement for is how defense factors into that. So he says, we are aware that um, 
our projections, it's a system. It's a computer system they do. Yeah. So it spits out numbers. So we're aware that we're going to be off on the Cardinals nearly every time. They are. But, they are. But um, if we change that, we have to change it for everybody, which is going to make us off on 20 teams instead of one. And it so also what now becomes more subjective. Yeah. So what they've done right. is they've said, we we know we're probably going to be wrong with the Cardinals, <laughs> but we think, but we're hitting on 25 teams and one team's off. We'll, we'd rather take the one loss. That's fair. So that's what he said. Uh, also, I now said, like them more. I now like those yeah, guys more. He was very transparent. He said, we yeah. get it. He was like, we were on pace in 2021 to be fine with the Cardinals. And then Tyler O'Neill became the best player in baseball. He said, we were on pace to be fine last year. And then Quintana became an Asai Young. And Brendan Donovan was one of the best rookies we've ever seen. Right. He was like, right. so, so they just, we don't have an indicator to like, because if you think about that, that's fair. You can't predict Tyler O'Neill to do what he did in 2021. No. You can't predict Donovan to do what he did. You can't predict Helsley to do what he did. So no. just really like the Cardinals just find a way to get the most out of some young players. And it's really hard to predict that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, last thing on baseball, MLB office came out. I, I assume it was from the office. I'm saying that I don't want to quote that wrong. Uh, one of the points of emphasis this year for the umpires are the box. Give me your thoughts on, uh, obviously there's some changes there with the, we see some of the, I you see it all the time. I, I I'm going to forget the name. It came after Luis Garcia. That's who it was. I knew it was an Astros pitcher. Could not remember who, uh, with the wild wind up and everybody else is, oh, how is that not a ball? It's a very valid question, but so I'm going to let you address that situation. I I'm not a big fan of the, of, Johnny Cueto of the, started this conversation. And there you go. Ago. There you go. Um, I get it because they need to find a way to start the pitch clock and know when to start the pitch clock. So if you're going through all these gyrations and you're putting your head, foot up and down three times, how are, how, how are they going to know when to stop the pitch clock? Because they don't know when your windup right. starts, right? They don't know when you're starting to throw the ball. So that's one reason that they did it. But also, I get it. But if you do it every time, you know, like like Garcia, Cueto, those guys are very repetitive with the things they've done. Cueto always did the thing. I always ask this question, how is it not a balk? Because you turn and face second base all the right. time. Um, if you do it every time and there's a precedent set, I, I don't think it should be a balk. Because I think you've set the precedent that you're going home at that point. Um now, if you snap it off one time and pick off on it, then yeah, it should be a balk in my opinion. But I'm okay with it because they need to have they need to know when to start the pitch clock and when to stop it. So I get why they're doing it. I'm I'm interested to see how it affects guys like Luis Garcia because he has an electric arm. Like I don't think it's just foolery that's the reason he's been good. But um, it is interesting to me to see how it affects people. I will say that I don't know what to think of it. I will tell you what was interesting to me the most is. You have a league who seems like they are creating every single rule to speed up the game. And then they put a point of emphasis on a rule that slows down the game by calling a balk, allowing every player to walk to the next base. There's an argument with the manager, with the pitcher, with the catcher, every balk. Now you've just slowed down the game. But you know what their hope is, though? Their hope is that after the first couple of times, it doesn't happen again. And then it speeds up the game because you don't have all these long windups. When does that ever happen with Major League Baseball? I mean, people will adapt. They don't want to give runners an extra base. They don't. I mean, ninety feet. Yeah, in, I, I, ninety feet in major doesn't. league base. Ninety feet feet in major league baseball is a very valuable thing. It is. I'm just hoping it doesn't slow the pace of play down. It will. And also, let's not like you know the NFL had that a couple years ago where they were what was it the taunting rule they made and now now they're calling these ridiculous penalties on players out there celebrating after they made one of the biggest plays that's going to make them more money than they've ever seen in their life. Let's not now call every balk because instead of the two second pause, it was 1.8. Do you know, like that's, that I is hope my that's concern. Not, I hope so, that's yeah, not what they're doing. That's all I'm saying. I think, yeah. I think eventually people will adapt. 
And after maybe a first couple of weeks of maybe a couple of rough outings from some pitchers that balk yep. a lot, um, I think they'll adapt and I think they'll be okay. fine. Uh, Baseball players to, adapt oh, all the time. Like that's what they absolutely. do. Absolutely. On to the two greatest things I saw this week, and I'll let you address any if you saw one. Okay, for Major League Baseball, because we did kind of hit on the unfortunately the arbitration sucks. Corbin Burns kind of got fucked um, by a process that the players and everybody agreed to. A broken but not process. a good process. Then we, obviously we had to talk about some other stuff there. The box we don't like that. Um, the coolest thing I saw as far as the Cardinals was Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker walking in with all their gear, with all their backpack, their shoes like right there by their bats, like they were going to a high school tournament like you guys used to play. I mean, that is when you see those two guys next to each other, you can tell they've been, it seems like maybe it's, maybe I'm just getting the pictures. It seems like those two guys are right next to each no, other they, they at are. all times. They seem to be best friends. They say they play yeah. 2K all the time together. Yeah. Um, and see, and also, I think throw Tink in there too. He's just not a big league camp. Um, but those well, two I saw seem the picture to be really. Graceffo today too. Graceffo yeah, and Walker the, the and Tink walk... Gomez. Pink Walker and Wynn all, all seem to be um, pretty good friends, which makes sense. They came up at the same time. Um, they're from the same area-ish um, south. But, yeah, those two, they're, they're exciting, obviously. When you see those guys and you see them walking around by Nolan and Goldie. And you saw Mason Wynn. One of the coolest thing I saw, Mason Wynn met Ozzie Smith. I don't know if you yeah. saw this. That was awesome. Yeah, I did. And he was like, hey, my stepfather would be freaking out right now if he knew <laughs> I was with Ozzie Smith. Um, but, yeah, it's awesome to see those guys in camp. Obviously, they're in different trajectories in their career as of right now, but they do seem to be really close. Yeah, I think it's cool to have your top two position player prospects being really close as they come up together. Um, that's going to add good chemistry as they get up to the big leagues together. Absolutely, and and they've been linked together since they got to the minor leagues. So oh, yeah. you know that that's one of those things. First um, and second adding, picks. Adding to that, I think you sent it to me. Uh, that with the Ozzy thing, Nolan requested that Ozzy be in camp. Nolan Arenado, that's fucking awesome. That's incredible. What knowledge of the of of just just again knowing like being smarter than everybody else in the room is no one like I love that. And my favorite thing, so there was there's been a lot of stories about Mike Matheny not wanting um those guys around for some reason. I think it was an ego trip for him. I don't know what Mike Matheny's problem was, if we're being honest. No, he seemed no to have a does. lot of them as a manager. But Ali said, I hey, was if it was up to me. Ozzy Smith would be here every fucking day. Like he right. would be. So these would guys Will, around Willie here. is, but yeah. 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 Well, he's a part of the coaching staff. Yeah. But um, it doesn't surprise me at all that no one said, Hey, I want to learn from the best defensive player to ever walk this planet. Right. Like that doesn't surprise me from no one, but I do think that's awesome. That one that they feel Ozzy's valuable around them, you know, cause it's yeah. different. Like you could have one of the best players of all time come around and still not really bring much to the table. Right. Just kind of go of do course. their own thing. Like of that's course. something that happens. They don't owe you anything. But the fact that the Cardinals have built this culture where guys like Ozzy, who played 30 years ago, comes back and still feels like he wants to give something to the next generation and still feels a part of Cardinal baseball on the field of Oz or whatever it's called down there. Like, that's awesome to me. So I, I'm ha- I mean, it's awesome to see pictures well, of um, Ozzy and Nolan and Mason and, Wynn. And I'm yes. sure at some Brendan point. Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmund. Right. Whether it's, at this, whether it's at this point. Or maybe it's a year down the road when he's further away from retirement. I'm sure we're going to see Albert Pujols and Yadier yeah. Molina doing the same type of thing because that's just the culture that Carlos have created. And I think it's if awesome. if the Angels let him out of the service contract, I guess he's only got a couple of years of that though, right? Like five, I thought it was ten. Ten? Yeah. I, I've heard Mo speak on it and say that he does believe they'll allow him to do some things with the Cardinals. Okay, good. Um, they better like opening um, day and stuff. Other thing I was going to say. And actually, I had three things that I wanted to hit on on the good things. The second great thing I saw this week was Moises Gomez quads. <laughs> He's huge. 
That's Saquon Barkley, dude. That that those quads are unbelievable. He's a big. Like, dude, we've seen and... Adolis Garcia's biceps, right? I mean, they almost don't even look real. Well, he's a big Gomez is guy. put together. Like I, I really want to. I am excited to see him. Nobody's talking about him. I, and it's I don't because... know, I don't agree with that. I think a lot of okay. people started talking about him. I'm excited to see what he. Can I've seen do. more pictures of his quads than I have anyone else's in my life. <laughs> it's him and Saquon. Like right, Saquon's quads. I've seen a lot of pictures of. But Unbelievable. I don't I think they're as big as Saquon's, but you have to have them tailor made, right? You have to have them tailor made. Like you can't. Know. He you goes don't to go big to and, Coles he goes to big and tall. <laughs> you think he goes to Coles and tries on all the pants? He goes. Brown, he goes to um. What's that place called? Um, Ross. He goes to Ross where they Ross. have the really cheap triple XL. But I don't. Um, I think. He he's a very a very intriguing player. He's so raw yes. still. Like, but he had yep. 39 home runs last year. Um, struck out 40 percent of the time in the minor leagues. Um, he, they said he works really hard, which not surprising to me. But he he's been working on hitting the ball more because he has some of the best peripherals in baseball when it comes to his contact peripherals. Like he hits the ball as hard as anybody, as consistently as anybody. And when that guy is on fire, he's just hit. It's just bombs away. Like he's incredible. Yep. He's just got to become more consistent. But, you know, if they can find him to just get that strikeout percentage down to, I don't know, 33%, 30%. I mean, you're talking about a guy that could come up and make a bigger impact than anyone's talking about because he can just – I mean, he can hit you 30 bombs right down in the big leagues if he played every day. Boom. Like, easily. Boom. Yep. Easily he could. Um, then the two cool things non-Cardinal related that I wanted to get your take on because uh, the first one will start with a guy who the Cardinals were really – a lot of fans, especially – and I believe the Cardinals were heavy on too with Carlos Rodon. Super cool move by him. Uh, obviously all the Yankee fans like they do starting the Venmo to get him to come to, to New York. He takes all the money, helps a family of, in Illinois of a, of a house to burn down. Like those are stories you don't hear enough about. And that, that was super, I mean, I'm not shocked. I've, heard, I've, I've not heard nothing but great things about this. Yeah, dude. I was say, I've heard nothing but awesome Same. things about Carlos. Rodon. Same. So I just wanted to, I, our fans who maybe don't know, that's super cool. makes me want to root for Carlos Rodon more. He is a Yankee. It's going to be really hard for me. But I am a. I will root for him when he pitches every fifth day. Is that I fair? He he also like we've talked about him before. He's an awesome story, man. Yeah. Like he came from getting DFA'd to going right back back to the White Sox, and now he's making almost two hundred yeah. million dollars. Like an amazing story for him. But yeah, he seems awesome. I and think then, when you have something like that okay. happen to you, where you go from almost being out of the league to being one of the best in the league, like in a year, um, I think that probably gives you a different perspective. And I think it's cool that he's doing stuff like that. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing. Our guy, our goat, a super cool story. Sitting in a in a uh, airport in Arizona, Bryce Harper has a fan come up to him, ask him to autograph his hat. Bryce does not have a sharpie, so he only has a regular pen. So what does he do? He takes off one of his shoes, signs it, gives it to the kid, and then spends the rest of the day getting on the plane and limping or, or walking around the airport in one shoe. Like again, that I'll say he's my favorite player in baseball. I, I love everything he's shoe. done since he's been 19 <laughs> years old. And to do something like that is just a class act of all humanity. It's just, and, to, and no one expects him to do that. Like, that's no. a, it's crazy. It's a crazy no. level of doing something like that. But that just shows you, like, and he didn't do that for, he didn't say he did this. Like, he, no, there's video no, no, no. of him walking Thank around with you, one by shoe. The way, for pointing that out. Um, but he wasn't the one that, like, put this out there. He's just a genuinely awesome guy, it seems like. Yep. Um, and here's the thing with a guy like him, it'd be very easy for him to be disassociated from everybody because he's been famous since he was 16 years old. He was on Sports Illustrated as the chosen one of baseball. Like he was coming up as LeBron James of baseball Absolutely. and he's coming off 
one of the most epic postseason runs of all time from a superstar player. Um, he could incredibly not do those things. He can't go yeah. anywhere oh, without people knowing he, who he is. He could like he could not do those things, and nobody would even question it. But the fact that he takes his time to do stuff like that, it just shows. I mean, I don't know. He's awesome. He's just an yeah. awesome guy. Like I, I don't. Really have, I, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like I'm a pretty good human. I wouldn't even have thought to do that. Do you know what I mean? I would have probably signed the hat with the pen and made the that by the way, which would have made the kids year. Not when you signed it, but if you were Brian Harper, yes. <laughs> Fair. That's good. That's good. But you know what I'm like, I, for him to also just have the wherewithal of, I don't need to just make this kid hat. Like my goal yeah. now is this kid. Like that's you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go to an airport, take off your shoe and try and sign for somebody, and they're like they're like this. They're like this, they're gonna faint when they smell it, but they'll be like, no, Why the hell are you getting? No, my feet smell good. Um, they're like, I'm doing right, it for last you. thing before we get the to kids. the mailbag, the blues are dead. The this run, the the Stanley Cup run, the blues that I know and the blues that I love are officially dead. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, look, I just bought two new blues jerseys. I bought a, a, a Cairo and a or a Thomas. Thomas, bought a Robert Thomas and a Brett Brett Hall, who like my guy from back in the day. I wanted the O'Reilly. You told me to be careful on that one. So I'm glad I didn't buy the O'Reilly. But I love, I am a massive Ryan O'Reilly hockey player fan, hockey player, hockey fan, and a massive Ryan O'Reilly, the human fan. This one hurts. This one hurt. Yeah. Really. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. This was one of the first times we've ever had a trade where I've almost cried. Like I was very close, <laughs> to be honestly. It, it hurts because he represents that 2019 team. He yes. won the Con Smythe, which for those of you who don't know, that's the um, best player in the postseason. So he won the Conn Smythe in our cup here. He brought the first cup here. We traded Tage Thompson for him. Um, and it signified going all in, kind of. And that team started out horribly. And then they went on a run. And he was a big part of it. And he's our captain. Um, trading your captain sucks, man. Like, that's horrible. Uh, there's hope that uh, Braden Shin, because this is just who he is, said, who knows? Maybe he'll come back in the offseason because that's Braden Shin. And he just likes to troll people, I think, almost. And he could come back in the offseason. But as for now, he's gone. It's really – it hurts. Like, that, that one hurts – it yeah, gives me, it gave me, this is my first thought when this happened was one fuck. Like I texted, literally texted you and said, fuck, I was yep. so upset. But um, my second thought was, man, how great is it that the Cardinals don't ever have to do this? And part of that being that they don't, they don't trade franchise players. It doesn't happen. But part of the reason is obviously there's no salary cap in baseball. So you don't have to like, if you're like in hell in like salary cap, hell, you have to, you have to trade people or you're just going to suck forever. But also, um, the fact that the Cardinals don't ever have to do this, it gave me like an appreciation. Like, man, imagine if we would have traded Yadier Molina, or imagine if we would have traded Albert Pujols when he or was Adam Wainwright. Like Adam Wainwright, right? Like, I'm so glad that they've had to do that. But um, it had to happen. I feel like, but it still, it, it really sucked. It was one of those things where you hear Ryan O'Reilly might get traded. Ryan O'Reilly's in talk. They're in talks to trade Ryan O'Reilly to the Leafs or to the Rangers or whoever. And you're like, well, well. Okay, but is it actually going to happen? And then at 10 p.m., fucking Doug Armstrong drops a bomb on me. The, the, the night before, they have a back-to-back, and they get smoked both games. By the way, that was ugly. But, yeah, yeah I mean, they're dead. They're I, dead. I, I also just thank you to Ryan O'Reilly, like an absolute legend. Yes. Bringing the first cup here, much like Tarasenko. Um, I hope he comes back. I really do. But I'm not going to hold out hope for that. And I hope he goes and wins a cup in, um, in Toronto. But he won't because the Maple Leafs stink. And all okay. they do is lose in the first round. <laughs> That's all they do. They're great in the regular season and lose in the first round of the postseason every year. Yep. So that's, yeah, that's all I got about hockey. It sucks, um, man. It really Here's sucks. what I will say. Here's what I will say. Thank you guys very much for listening. We do have, we're going to finish with the mailbag. Uh, Kale's favorite 
segment of the day or of the week. So uh, I actually do like. Are you it. saying I love that like I don't get... like it? No, 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 no. I, no, that was genuine. You said there that was no very... sarcasm. That was not no sarcasm. It's not my favorite. It is. You love it. Um, but also. Also, thank you guys for listening. If you can hit that subscribe, hey, if you are still listening, which by the way, we heard from a couple of you that you still were. So thank you. Yeah, thank uh, you. If you are, hit that subscription <laughs> button. We greatly appreciate you. It's almost less of a tangent, I feel like. Keep, <laughs> bring, keep bringing in the comments. We love them. We absolutely love them. Facebook, you can find us, Twitter, and then okay, in let's the Let's get link, on with it. You've you already said all. this. Okay. Um, well, let's lead it off because you did thank Tarasenko not too long ago, and old Chunky Conspicuous came back, and he wanted to let you know that you was very well said about Tarasenko. So good. Yeah, he's doing well too. He's doing well in um, um, New York. So shout out, Vladdy. Uh, Daniel Shu, who we talked about with uh, Connor Jerpy last week. Um, we will Cooper. get to that. Cooper Jerpy. Uh, Cooper. My God, why did I call Cooper. him Connor? Cooper. Now, last time I called him Cooper Herpy. A lot of and people this... call him Connor Jerpy. I don't know why yeah. it's Cooper, though. Is, is there a brother? Is there a Connor Jerpy? No, I think it's just Cooper and Connor are close. Okay. Uh, thank you for the response, guys. Great work on the podcast. Also, totally agree on the excitement about Jerpy. Will be really interesting to see how his arm angle plays. More against advanced competition. To be fair, Daniel, it sounds like you know way more about Cooper Chirpy than I do. You're already talking about um, his arm angle. I, he, I just love the name. Very, I didn't even realize. I thought he went to I USC. Would su- I would suggest anyone who hasn't um, watched any Cooper Chirpy, just to go watch him throw at um, Oregon State last year. He's very unique. He's a very unique pitcher with a lot of upside and not very much um, downside. He's going to good. be a big good, He's good. one of those guys. Were you confused and, on where to go the opposite I didn't, with upside? Yeah, I didn't know what I was wanting to say there. But I think he's going to, he's one of those guys that you draft and you kind of know he's going to be a big leaguer that could be a really, really good big leaguer. But his, his, um, his floor is kind of like a serviceable big leaguer, which is okay. a good thing. That's what you want. Uh, and uh, our guy, Daryl Dixon, he comments a lot. Thank you. Our, our favorite. He's the one that was still watching. Yeah. He's one of our favorite uh, crossbow. Stop doing crossbow that. That's, guys. Not, that's not a crossbow. That's just a bow. Oh, it's just like, you shoot crossbows. I've never shot a crossbow. I've shot a the walking. I've shot a and bow and arrow before, but never a crossbow. I've done. Um, really been enjoying your our guy. Really been enjoying your podcast, guys. Thank you very, very much. Caleb reminds me of my younger self. I assume that is a massive compliment. Um, and Mike's been killing it too. Thank you, thank you, Daryl. <laughs> Appreciate you. Double D. Um, <laughs> I hope Roniel has a full year and hits tons of bombs. Pun intended. So do we. By the way, so do we. We were expecting it. Uh, he's as close to a five-tool player we have. I got attacked for calling him a five-tool player. They told me he's a four-tool player because his hit tool, what the fuck is a hit tool? It evidently doesn't mean he's a five-tool. Like, first of all, well, maybe you're a hit tool. Stop. First off, first off, hit tool is a thing. It's a very commonly said thing. But no, I don't like it. I don't like that Hit tool basically means batting average. Let's be honest here. Um, he batted 290 in 2021. Yeah, thank, thank you, Caleb. So, Maybe was that guy was a, a hit tool. He has an elite hit tool because his bat to ball skills are um when he hits the ball, his hit tool is about as as you know, we stop saying as anybody in baseball. Okay. But it's, I agree with Daryl. It really is. I agree with Daryl. Yep. Um, <laughs> they call it. I, I know, but like it just makes you sound like a hit tool. Uh Rudy for Jack to oh, this is a uh, Rich M L E. Rich Melly. Rich Rich Mel. Rich Melly. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, rooting for Jack to turn it around. Oh, and definitely pulling for Tyler. What a talent. Agreed. Love them both. We've said it before. We will, I will continue to say it. In my mind, those are the two biggest wild cards on this team. And if they both put up the success that we believe that they can and that they will, this team is now be, goes from what I think is very good to great in the National League. I really do They're believe Also, that. maybe the two most talented of their respective groups, right? Like Tyler's definitely the most talented outfielder, I'd say. 
Um, at least from what we've seen from him. Like Jordan Walker right. could be another level. We don't know yet. Um, and then Jack of the pitching. We've really, I mean, Wayno's had done some great things. He's never done what 2019 Jack. No, did. he's never done nope. that. So yeah, I mean, obviously I love them both. I, I'm looking forward to watching them both because I think they've both got a lot to prove this year. Um, Blake Tade, the guy who you cannot get his name right. So I wanted to go ahead and get his name right. Blake, Blake thank you. <laughs> like poor fucking Blake, this poor guy. Um, with the depth in the outfield, talking Burleson, Carlson, O'Neill, et cetera, isn't that driving their value down? I thought this was a really good question and I didn't want to address it on there. I, I don't think so because I will go back to the fact that if you've got four guys competing, but all the other organizations know that. Uh, I do believe that Tyler, the, the, the talk of trading Tyler in the offseason never made sense to me because his value as a player was down because of the, the injury questions and because is 2021 a repeatable year for Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. So trading him never made sense to me in, at the end of 2022. Uh, with the other guys, Burleson, I think his value could be very high because we've seen what he's done in the minors. We don't know in the majors, but a lot of guys want those guys that are team-controlled, arb-controlled, and projectable at the major league level as far as the hitting goes. Uh, with Carlson, we just talked about him. We're not sure. We don't know that yet. But I thought this was a really good question. So what are your thoughts on that? My answer will be, what did Pablo Lopez get traded for? That's very good. The batting champ, right? I mean, the American League. Everyone yeah. knew that the Miami Marlins had seven guys. But at the end of the day, um, if you want that guy, you have to trade something for him. Like, right. if you want a guy on your team, it doesn't matter if the Marlins have eight starting pitchers because they can keep all eight of them if they want. You've got to trade to get the guy. So yep. the Cardinals have all the leverage in that situation. Like, hey, you're not going to give me what I want for player X. I'm not going to throw a player's name out there. Just whatever outfielder. Fine, you don't get him. I'll keep him. Like, you, I don't have to give him to you, right? Like, you don't have – I think that's always kind of overblown just because you don't have to give that player up. Like, you don't have to do it. Right. So if you have them in your organization and somebody else wants them, they're going to have to give you what you want or you don't have to give them them. That's yep. how I view it, at least. Okay, good. Uh, let's get to Nick Campbell here. Caleb, incredibly well said on Tyler O'Neill. We all see how tightly wound he is. I personally feel like he's trying to do too much, trying to live up to all of our unrealistic. Very good point there, Nick, by the way. I think unrealistic I think last, expectations. I don't think they're unrealistic for him. That's the one player I will say I think the expectations for him, the high end ones, are very within reach because we've seen him do it, right? We've seen okay. him do it. Um, I will say I do think last year with the arbitration case, with starting out slow, with the injuries, I can definitely see where he was probably trying to press when he came back. Um, but he was still playing well. Like he still had some huge moments for them. But I do agree that coming off that, coming off not getting the big extension he wanted, because he did want to get a big extension last year. That was a big thing for him. And he didn't get that. And I think it was a thing, well, let me prove that I can do it again so I can get that long-term ex- um, security and extension. And he didn't get that. And then he lost his ARB case. It was a lot of weirdness for Tyler O'Neill last year. But I could definitely see him pressing. Okay. Um, next. Oops, sorry. Wrong thing. Next, Gold Star Thrifter, uh, evidently a tag popper. Yeah. Let this be the last one. I have to go to class. Oh, we got some good ones. We'll get to the other ones later. That's fine. Last one. I have total confidence Tyler is getting it figured out. He is going to have a far better season than he did in 2021. I, hey, we do, that's a perfect one to end on. A far better season than 2021? I don't – that has to be like 50 home runs. But uh, a far 50. better season than 2022. He had 35 in 2021. With a 900 OPS and batted 290. So it would be 40. Like he's you really than that, jumped he's, the okay. shark there. Here's what I'll say. If he's better than that, he's an MVP of the league. Okay. Boom. Hey, guys, once again, thank you so much. We love the comments. The, those of you that we didn't get to this time, we'll get to on the next one. 
Uh, we still have a couple more profiles to get to before we get to the pitching. Uh, I'm, I'm loving these because they are really getting me more in tune with everybody. We hope you're enjoying them from the comments. You seem to be, please feel free to leave those. Don't forget. You can find us Twitter, hit the subscribe. Uh, I am now going to go make steak and eggs to get ready for Lundy Gras and then prepare for 8 a.m. Uh, parades tomorrow at Mardi Gras. That's good. I'm going to go to class and edit this probably because I won't be paying attention. You're the best. You're the best. Yeah. Professors have to love you. Um, love anything you else you want to get out? Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, appreciate you all. Thank you again so much. Take care of everybody. Stay safe. We will talk to you soon.